Chapter 34 Flashback All your base are belong to us. Two years earlier. Joy stood against the wall of the hangar looking at the sunlight that was pouring in. Okay, Joy, there's no room for pussies in this world full of dicks, she whispered to herself. Her father used to say the same thing to her all the time, and even though he had been dead fifteen years, she still wasn't sure if he had been preparing her for a future in a male-dominated world, or if he was just a bad dad. Joy was beautiful, but not your everyday beautiful. She was stop what you're doing and reassess your life so you can work out how the fuck you're going to get this goddess into your bed, beautiful. Using everything she didn't have as motivation, Joy made her way through high school and into a good but not too prestigious university on a full scholarship. From there, she walked straight into a low-level public relations job at Grey Tech, where she rose through the ranks in a relatively short time. Her ingrained self-reliance had served her well, but now she stood on the precipice. Not merely along for the ride, Joy was helping to drive the car that was dangerously out of control. Joy raised her chin and strode forward towards the three SUVs as they pulled up in a line in front of her. Max stepped out of the back seat with a spring in his step. He wore his usual bright red polo shirt and gray dress pants with shiny black alligator skin wingtips. He looked like he was about to have a round of golf, not a potential billion-dollar presentation. Joy smiled at him, hiding the nervousness that was embedded in every cell of her body. Max, it's good to see you, Joy beamed as she extended her hand towards him. I hope the trip wasn't too arduous. Nothing a stiff drink won't fix. Max whispered conspiratorially as he took Joy's hand and brought her in close. Joy could smell his aftershave. He had worn it as long as she had known him. The scent was overly sweet but not unpleasant and had the uncanny effect of bringing back memories that she always felt vulnerable reliving. Are you ready? Max asked. You know I am, she replied. But I still think we should have postponed this meeting. Yes, Joy, Max said. I read your little memo. Max ushered Joy towards the three men in formal military dress who had assembled in a neat and precise line outside the middle SUV. They were all five-star generals, and the gathering of such ranks in one place without military escort was unheard of. But this was Max Michelson. He expected people in power to cower to him. Gentlemen, Joy announced as she stood before them. Welcome to Grey Tech. General Ryan, General Adams, and General Gordon. Max said as he placed his hand on Joy's lower back. I'd like to introduce you to Joy Tennant. She'll be leading the presentation today. She ignored his inappropriate touch and smiled gracefully as the generals shook her hand in turn. Generals Ryan and Andrews looked like they were cut from the same machine. Both were your typical run-of-the-mill military lifers. They were around 60 years old and knew nothing else. General Gordon, on the other hand, was younger. He was in his early fifties but could pass for forty-five, and unlike Ryan and Andrews who had gained their commands through nepotism, Gordon had climbed the ranks through guile, moxie, and valor shown on the battlefield. It was no secret General Gordon had been the reason this meeting had happened. Max and Gordon were thick as thieves on many deals, and Joy surmised money had a lot to do with how easy it had been to get the three high-ranking officials together at a private company's secret laboratory. Offshore accounts and luxury homes held by shell companies had become synonymous with Gordon since he started working with Grey Tech, and Joy was sure Ryan and Andrews were looking for little retirement nest eggs of their own. 
Well, gentlemen, Joyce said as she began to walk towards the elevator. Let's get to the exciting reason why we brought you here. The presentation room was comfortable, with three rows of raised seating looking down on a large screen with the Grey Tech logo on it. The generals sat in the front row with Max a couple seats over. Joy stood confidently in front of them, her shoulders pulled back emphasizing her confidence and her, well, breasts. Without further ado, I would like to present to you Project Phoenix, she said as she raised her arm and pressed a button on the remote control in her hand. The lights dimmed and a lone spotlight illuminated Joy. A logo of a phoenix emerging from large flames replaced the Grey Tech logo on the screen. For the past three years, we have brought Project Phoenix from an unconventional idea to an unprecedented reality. With the widespread availability of the internet and social media, governments are now fighting wars on two fronts, in the trenches and in the minds of the people. The Arab Spring brought freedom, but with that freedom came an instability that toppled regimes and created new ones. We must concede in today's climate wars are not being fought on the battlefield. They are being won and lost in the hearts and minds of the population, Joy said emphatically, pausing to gauge the temperature of the room. The generals sat like marble renditions of themselves, unfazed and offering nothing in return. Out the corner of her eye, Joy could see the impatience on Max's face. Gentlemen, we at Grey Tech have a question for you, Joy continued with vigor. Why fight a war when you can get someone else to fight it for you? General Adams moved in his seat. It wasn't a big move, but for the first time Joy saw a spark of interest. Project Phoenix is not about destruction. It's about rebirth. The rebirth of a nation under our control, she said with gusto. We'd like you to sit back and enjoy a short video presentation. Actually, Joy, if I could just interrupt, Max said, getting up from his seat. Joy froze. It was unlike Max to interrupt a presentation. He liked to go off script, but taking over during her presentation had never happened before. She reluctantly stepped out of the spotlight and towards Max. Max, what are you doing? She whispered. Max's features were shrouded by the darkness of the theater. His face was like a cave, his eyes shining out from its darkest depths. He reached his hand towards hers. She balked and took her hand away. This was not the time for games. Can you pass me the remote, please, Joy? Max asked. I promise I'll give it right back. Her face flushed with heat, and she was glad she had moved out of the spotlight. She didn't want Max to see the pale shade of scarlet she had just turned. Max gave the inside of Joy's wrist a light brush as he took the remote from her. I'm sorry I had to interrupt Joy, Max apologized again. These are busy men. Let's cut to the meat of our presentation. Max moved into the spotlight and held the remote up to the light, squinting at the buttons. Ah... There's the little blighter, he said jovially as he made a show of pressing a button. The Project Phoenix logo disappeared and the projector screen began to rise into the ceiling. Should be just a moment, gentlemen, Max said, crossing his arms in front of him. Joy sat down in the seat Max had previously occupied and looked over to the generals. They were still motionless, giving no indication of their feelings about this sudden change of tactic. With the screen gone, a long glass pane remained dimly reflecting the back of Max's frame standing in front of it. He pushed another button on the remote, and instantly a bright light turned on, revealing and illuminating a room behind the glass window. 
The stainless steel surfaces and the polished, tiled floor reflected the light intensely, and Joy had to blink a couple times as her eyes adjusted. The room was empty except for some benches surrounding it and a medical gurney sitting front and center. Sweat began to slide down Joy's spine as she started to get an idea of what was about to happen. There was an eerie silence as everyone waited for the show to begin. The door finally opened, and a young security guard with Reynolds printed on his left chest entered the room. Panic was taking hold of Joy now. Not only was she free-falling without a parachute, she had three five-star generals attached to her belt loops. She looked to Max. He wasn't paying attention to Reynolds or the generals anymore. His attention was firmly fixed on her, and he was grinning broadly. The door closed behind Reynolds, and he moved towards the glass and stared at the generals. They shifted in their seats uncomfortably, not sure where to look. Don't worry, gentlemen, Max announced brightly. Our subject can neither see us or hear us. Reynolds was now standing a yard from the window, pushing at his cheeks. It's a two-way mirror, Max explained. The show is about to begin. Hold on to your hats. The generals returned to their motionless state, but Joy's eyes widened. Show? What show? Joy thought. They hadn't even gotten past the animal testing phase of this project, and in no way, shape, or form were human trials even close to being conducted. Alrighty, Max said as he motioned towards the room. I present to you our bold and daring innovation that is about to take the world by storm. Joy couldn't breathe. Max had become the showman she had always dreaded he would be, and this circus was not going to be pleasant. The door opened and Reynolds stopped picking at his acne and swiveled around to see who was coming in. The lights suddenly turned off in the room, and the glass returned to dimly reflecting the theater. Don't worry, Max said in a hushed tone. This is all part of the show. Hello, Reynolds asked into the darkness. There is someone in here. Could you turn the lights back on, please? There was the faint sound of shuffling, followed by the sound of the door closing. Is someone there? Reynolds said with increasing anxiousness. The window rattled from the impact of Reynolds finding it in the dark. Hello, I know you can hear me. Please turn on the light, Reynolds pleaded. The light flickered on, revealing Reynolds with his hands and face pressed to the glass, and the generals gasped in unison. Oh no, Joy whispered to herself. The free fall continued, the ground rushing towards her. Joy had humored Max with this idea because she had known it would never even get to the testing stage. It was an insane idea, but this was the business. Joy knew the military would back up a truck full of money just to entertain the project. It wasn't her place to put the brakes on, but this... Reynolds spun around so his back was against the glass. There was an old man standing fifteen feet away from him. The old man's face was gaunt, his skin almost translucent, and he had long gray hair that went past his shoulders. He looked like a tall Willie Nelson, hunched over and looking at the ground. Whoa, Reynolds said, raising his hands. You sure you should be in here, sir? He wore a gray jumpsuit with the gray tech logo on the left side of his chest. It was clear he was supposed to be there. He looked up slowly, life returning to his dark eyes, and he opened his mouth, baring his teeth in a quiet roar. Max! Joy shouted, standing up. She could no longer stand it. Here was Max's idea, his concept, alive, well, dead, and right in front of her. Max smiled. He was enjoying her distress. 
What is going on here? General Andrews asked in horror. Is this a joke, Max? It looks like a fucking zombie. I hope you didn't get us all the way out here for some freak show. Please, General Andrews, Max said calmly. The show's about to start. Zombie Willie Nelson moved briskly towards Reynolds, lunging for him, but Reynolds dodged him at the last moment. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? Reynolds asked as he ran for the door. Zombie Willie Nelson became agitated by Reynolds' movement and swiftly turned and moved for him again. Hey! Reynolds yelled as he tried to open the door unsuccessfully. I need some help in here! Michelson! General Adams demanded, standing up to show he was ready to leave. What the hell is going on here? General, it's fine, I assure you, Max insisted as he waved for him to sit down. Just wait. Reynolds hadn't realized he had cornered himself as he tried to force open the door. He turned back to see zombie Willie Nelson lunging for him again, his jaw unhinged and his teeth gleaming in the bright light. Stay back, Reynolds screamed as he reached for his handgun in its holster. I'm warning you. He had to abandon the gun and put both hands out to stop another lunge from zombie Willie Nelson. He pushed him back a few yards, which gave him time to pull the gun out of his holster and aim it at his attacker. Old man, seriously? Reynolds barked. I don't want to hurt you. Zombie Willie Nelson tilted his head to the side, as if processing what Reynolds was saying. It obviously didn't register, and he rushed towards him again. Reynolds closed his eyes tight and squeezed the trigger, shooting him in the chest. He wasn't a great shot, but from that distance it would have been harder to miss him. The force of the bullet knocked Zombie Willie Nelson back onto the gurney and then forward to the floor at Reynolds' feet. I warned you, buddy, Reynolds said almost apologetically. Showtime, Max said with a wide smile on his face. This is shameful, Michelson, even for you, General Adams scoffed. He may have been angry at the presentation, but he returned to his seat with the other generals. Zombie Willie Nelson sat up suddenly and got to his feet. He started coming at Reynolds again, this time with visible anger. What the fuck? Reynolds said as he looked from his gun to the dark and ghastly wound in zombie Willie Nelson's chest. Joy watched as the generals leaned forward almost in unison. They were now sitting on the edge of their seats, enthralled, and she could see Max was really enjoying himself too, smiling as the events unfolded. Reynolds began shooting again. This time a couple bullets missed the target and it hit the two-way mirror, making the generals and Joy jump. Even though a couple bullets hit their mark, Zombie Willie Nelson didn't fall back this time. He was hungry now, more than ever, and pounced on Reynolds' neck like a 1930s vampire. Blood spat from Reynolds' mouth as he and Zombie Willie Nelson fell to the ground. The gurney and the wall at the bottom of the two-way mirror obscured the view of the gory feast, and all they could see was Reynolds' twitching legs and feet. Joy was in a state of shock. She could see it all now. Prison? No, not regular prison. It would be some black ops prison, hidden away in Afghanistan, and she would never see the light of day again. Reynolds stopped twitching and zombie Willie Nelson stood up and began walking aimlessly around the room. Gentlemen, as you can see, the first part of the mission has been completed, Max said, motioning towards the room. The first part? General Adams gasped. Yes, we're not done yet. Max said through a big grin. We are now in the recruiting stage.
After a few minutes, Reynolds stood up almost robotically, void of any humanity. His neck and chest were covered in bite marks as he looked deep into the mirror and moved his hands over the window, leaving streaks of blood. Oh, Lord, what have you done, Michelson? General Ryan asked, standing up from his chair. As you can see, gentlemen, prior to ten minutes ago, we had a cowardly and incompetent soldier, Max said as evenly as if he was reciting the functions of a television. Now, we have a single-minded unit with only one goal. Destroy whatever living flesh is put in front of him. This is lunacy, General Ryan said with a dismissing hand. In all my years, I've never seen anything this abhorrent, and I've had enough. As far as I'm concerned, this project is dead. It has no value in the real world. This is the greatest weapon in the history of mankind. Max went on, moving towards them. You have to consider this. No, stop right there, General Ryan blustered. Why the hell would we want to unleash this mayhem on anyone, even our worst enemies? Ryan didn't even wait for a rebuttal. He just walked towards the exit and didn't look back. General Adams joined him and they both left the room. Max looked to Joy, but she was already running after them. General Gordon waited for the others to leave before he approached Max. Max, my old friend, what I have seen here today takes the fucking cake. What the fuck were you thinking, man? Those two old fucks don't care about this shit? General Gordon said, as he put a consolatory hand on Max's shoulder. You know I fucking love it, but what on earth made you think that those two assholes would sign on the dotted line? We needed the signatures. I had explored every other avenue, Max said softly. We couldn't afford to wait for their retirements or... Max, don't say it, General Gordon cut in. Look, I like where you are going with it, but it's not pretty. You need to go back to the drawing board with this. Maybe by the time we have moved forward from old school fucks like them, we can look into it again. No, now is the time, Max insisted. I'm going ahead. With or without you, Jerry. General Gordon looked at Reynolds, who was still staring into the mirror, and then he turned back to Max and, without uttering a word, left the room. Watching from the door of the hangar, tears finally filled Joy's eyes as the three black SUVs disappeared from her view. She had once again found herself in a position where she wasn't in charge. She was at the mercy of a dumb, fucking man. You'll pay for this, Max, Joy promised. <laughs>